0: Hello again, Jim Paulson with the Star Tribune for another edition of Talking Preps um, with my colleague, David LeVake. David, how you doing? Things are good, Jim. Let's get to it. we got a meaty show to get to today. Do we? I'll, um, first, talk a little bit about what do we always talk about here? We'll talk football. Um, this past weekend was a big weekend in terms of the number of, of real high-profile games that went on. and I think, I think a few things were decided. Um, last weekend, we saw Lakeville South take it to Eden Prairie. I mean, it really wasn't close. It was, it was, uh, we had talked before the game, and a lot of people had thought before the game that these were two teams that were undefeated last year and didn't get a chance to play. Um, they had the, the game this year, and it went all Lakeville South's way. Um, I saw Wyzetta show up and show that they're a team to be reckoned with, and they beat St. Michael Albertville, another top team. And uh, I saw um, um, Maple Grove. Which we weren't sure about at the start of the season, you know, established itself as one of the state's top teams. And let's not forget about Rosemont, um, who has kind of been forgotten about in this group, but they continue to to play good, solid, tough football the way uh, Jeff Urban teams always do. What did you think about last weekend that really stood out to you?
1: Well, you had said that so many things have been decided about, you know, hey, we can crown this team as the best, Lakeville South is the best team in the state, and we can say that. You know, Maple Grove has arrived and we can say I, I'm, I'm I, I think they don't have to apologize for what they've done, these teams. But I, I'm, I'm still looking at a wait and see approach. Uh, I, I agree. I, I, Eden Prairie did get whooped. They got handled by Lakeville South, but Eden Prairie will be back. Um, you know, Minnetonka, they got whooped by, by Maple Grove. But I think that they're still a solid team that that's going to recover. So I, I think there's more to come in, in 6A and, and across the board in, in terms of what these teams are going to look like a month from now when we start getting down to the playoffs. I, I'm i not in a position to feel comfortable with ruling anybody out. But, but yeah, the, the Lakeville South and, and Maple Grove and Rosemount and Shakopee, they, they've shown that they're, they're tops in 6A, certainly. But, uh, but let's see what, what plays out as we establish – people have injuries, people tinker with their lineups. Let's, let's see what else we have coming for us. I don't think it's as cut and dry yet. As far as, uh, as Denny Green said, I don't think you can crown any of their butts just yet. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: you know, the, the one thing that really, I think we can agree on is I've never seen an Eden Prairie team get beat by 35 points. Before. I can't remember a time when they got whooped like that. And that was, um, something I've never seen. I can't imagine it would happen again. Um, so well, I want to, always want to say that Eden Prairie is going to be there at the end because they always are. I mean, Eden Prairie is a team that, that you really rarely ever want to bet against. Um, the, the fact that Lakeville South handled them as completely as they did um, shows me a lot. Is there any team that can, as, assuming things stay the same, we don't have huge injuries or people that, assuming things stay the same and we move forward, is there any team in Class 6A that can compete with Lakeville South right now? I'm not sure there is.
1: I I like Shakopee from the standpoint of the way they run their offense. uh, So run heavy, they don't do a lot to, to hurt themselves, you know, by passing when they shouldn't or whatever. I think Shakopee is very true to what they do. I think they're good on both sides of the ball. And I think that that is a team that uh, could create as much matchup problems for South schematic problems for South as South will create for them. So I do think Shakopee can offer something in, in the way of resistance Certainly, Wyzetta is good enough uh, to do it. I mean, we're talking about South. Yes, they deserve to be number one right now, but they're not. They're not. We have won three of the past four prep bowls either. I mean, they, this is a team that is still has some the big prize to go and get and to prove. Um, and we have seen them uh, break down in playoffs. Uh, people do figure that out when that becomes their sole focus. They are able. The, the power tee is not uh, an uncrackable code. It's It's tough, but. It can be done, and, and I think a shock could do it. I, I, I an Eden Prairie, which so they had another crack at it, I'm sure that you know. So, so we'll see. But um, but yeah, South South is great. There's, they they yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're more dynamic. They can throw out which I, I really appreciate. They're, def-
0: they're definitely the number one team. But you're right about it. it's not it's not they're not invincible. You know, and when you talk about shocky being a team that can maybe give them some problems, I agree with you. There, however, one thing I don't always know is you you practice against your own team oftentimes. And so a team like Lakeville South, um, which was a better defensive team, I think anybody gave it credit for. We um, talk about their offense all the time. They uh, they practice against their own power tee offense every day. And so run heavy offense like Shockavy, which is not the same type of offense as the power tee that uh, Lakeville South runs. It's it's more of an option, kind of a veer sort of a thing. Um, but still, when, you, when you're, you're accustomed to picking up run-heavy teams, I think that gives Lakeville South an advantage against Shakopee as well. So I would love to see that game primarily because how quickly would that game go? Two teams that like to run the ball. <laughs> yeah. They're in an hour. You know? So
1: keep that clock running boys. Um, you mentioned uh, Rosemount. We're going to find out a lot more about them very soon because they have Eden Prairie at their place this Friday and they then play Lakeville South the week after that. So we will get a good look at at where, where, uh, Rosemount really stands. And, and they, remember they were one of those teams that was in the discussion last year. Mm-hmm. We couldn't solve it on the field as far as who was the state champ. So we did a little thing about, you know, who did we pick? And and then you pick Rosemount as your state champ last year. I did. I did pick Rosemount. I decided to go outside the box. I thought
0: they played as well as any team out there. So I was, uh, and they were undefeated as well. So I, I gave, I gave the nod to Rosemount.
1: Yeah. We'll be able to find out what this year's group looks like in the next two weeks that's going to tell us a lot about rosemount even if it doesn't go well as we said a minute ago about the 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 whole picture not being completely set yet you're going to get better whether you win or lose these next two weeks if you're rosemount playing Eden Prairie Lakeville South you can't help but get better from that experience so that will I'll be very I'll be watching the rosemount results uh, with with great interest it'll be interesting to see how Eden Prairie responds as well because
0: their first game they were world beaters against Eastridge, and I think maybe I overestimated them a little bit because Eastridge was still a team that was trying to find its way, and I think Eden Prairie dominated them so much in that game that I kind of thought this was going to be another dominant Eden Prairie team and then gave up 29 points to uh, Farmington, although uh, Eden Prairie had a big lead at that point and scored a couple of late touchdowns, and then they gave up 42 to Lakeville uh, South. Um, I wonder if that defense is going to be uh, – ready to go against Rosemount, how they're going to respond against Rosemount, and uh, how Eden Prairie responds to a team to getting beaten, coming off a, a, a route like that. that. They'll tell us as much about uh, Eden Prairie this week as I think about Rosemount. Whatever I know, and there's going to be an awful lot of hard hit in that game. The two teams that aren't afraid to go and, and, and knock you around. And I know in this day and age, we shouldn't be celebrating the hard hits, the slobber knockers, as they call them, but it's still football. And hitting is the name of the game, and anybody at Rosemount and Eden Prairie is going to see their share of it this week. A lot of it for Eden Prairie, depend on how their young offense really comes around um, and, and responds to being shut down by Lakeville South last week. Uh, there were a lot of guys in that Eden Prairie offense, were brand new this year. Um, although, Mike Grant had told me after their first game that there was an advantage to uh, COVID last year, and that they had to play a lot of younger guys that might not normally have played last year and they got them a little bit of game time so they weren't quite as green as uh they might normally have been and now they've got uh three games under the belt so that can pray offense can can come around that would be that should be a fun game yeah it should be it should be anything else that we know about this one this week uh, i know that last week st thomas academy is back to being the st thomas academy that uh has been so good for so long they they took that rivalry against Creighton and they made a mockery of it. You know, Creighton even tried to put Quarter uh, Trey Holloman, their superstar, uh, do everything athlete, and play basketball, at Michigan State uh, behind center because, uh, like Chuck Miesbauer said, get the ball into your hands to your best player the easiest way possible, and that was you know, a direct snap. Um, that move didn't work out. Uh, so, we, same time as Academy just waxed Creighton and it was forty-one to fourteen, and it was thirty-four to nothing before uh, Creighton. Scored a point.
1: Yeah, 0-3
0: Creighton-Durham
1: Hall. You know, basically.
0: Their their schedule has been brutal at the start of the season for Creighton. I have to give them that. They played Spring Lake Park, Monomedi, and St. Thomas Academy, three of the top teams in Class 5A on three consecutive weeks. Um, That is a a, a juggernaut to try to uh, run through, and um, things are going to get much easier for the the Raiders. I think that uh, you'll find – that taking those beatings is going to pay off for them in the long run. Um, they're going to end up uh, still being a pretty decent team by the season's end. Yeah, for sure. You know, one thing I want to say about that game was with, uh, I, I was thinking about Tom Izzo, the uh, Michigan state uh, basketball coach who is not afraid to, to be a uh, physical. I know he has been talked about him having practices with his players with uh, shoulder pads and football helmets on to uh, encourage physical uh, play below the basket. Um, but what he was thinking if he was watching the game, because there was a play, I think, in the third quarter where uh Trey Holloman rolled out, uh, I think it was on the third down and uh threw a pass downfield. And as soon as he let it go, he was just leveled by a St. Thomas Academy player on on rushing. Just he hit them a legal hit with his shoulder to his chest, but he knocked him back about four yards in the air and he landed on his back. And I was he was slow to get up. <laughs> I was thinking, well, you know, you want your kids to be two and three sport athletes until you see him get hit like that. <laughs> and you think maybe, maybe it's best to maybe not play football uh, before a, a big basketball career is coming up, but uh, he recovered, came back, played some of the game, but it makes you, it makes you pause when you see if you get hit like that. Sure. Sure.
1: You're uh, you had a good story today in the star Tuesday, rather in the star tribune recording this on a Wednesday that gave me pause. You talked about the two major issues with high school sports right now. One is uh, transportation to, uh, to to games and activities. The other is officiating. And if you would here, we're, we're 12 minutes in, if you'd touch on a little bit of those two components and also a component that 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 was a victim of space concerns and had to be cut from your story uh, in terms of how we're recovering from COVID-19 and, and where the concerns are out there. Well, you know,
0: that was the original impetus for what I wrote was, how COVID-19 is still having a lingering effect on athletic departments, even though things have opened up a lot this year. Um, And I I started talking about supply chain issues. Uh, we want to start getting the uh, supplies that you need, getting the equipment that you need, getting the the, uh, attention to uh, uh, like scoreboards and things like that, service calls, those things are not available. But I'm talking to athletic directors. The biggest issue they're handling right now by far is transportation bus shortage that I'm sure we've all been aware of uh, across the country uh, is really hitting high school sports hard. Some schools are doing a better job at handling it. Some schools' bus services are are doing a good job of handling it. A lot of schools are not. There are schools that are scrambling every single day to get their kids to and from games. Uh, Whether they have a bus, they have to share a bus with another team, whether they have to share a bus with another school, as happened many times. Whether they have to cancel it altogether and depend on parents to come pick their kids up um, which is difficult for parents to do, particularly those that work and trying to get off of work and go pick up their kids at 2:30 in the afternoon and drive them to a game. There's so much going on that uh, uh, it's it's hair pulling for most athletic directors. They say it's the, they're all scrambling. It's the toughest time they've ever had with getting a, a dependable, reliable busing uh, to and from games every day is a, is a, a new problem. I called it busing whack-a-mole. They solve one problem. Uh, and another one pops up right away. So it, it, it's, and it doesn't really look like anything's being solved at this point that uh, until we have uh, enough drivers for the buses, one AD said, the buses are there, the drivers are not. Until we have that, um, these schools are going to struggle getting kids to and from their, their athletic uh, contest. Officials is another issue. Um, there's a lot of officials. There's a lot of people that teams that don't have enough officials for games. Soccer is a, a big one for that. They're, they're starting to referee or officiate soccer games with two instead of three officials. And uh, one AD with busing and officials, um, it's hard, really hard to juggle. If we have officials for a game, we'll do everything we can to make sure we get that game played, even if we have to you know, drive them there ourselves because they can't be, be scheduled and get a game uh, somewhere else. So uh, I know that this is a real issue for athletic directors this year, getting officials for games and getting buses to get them there. And uh, um, it's always a problem. It's just more of a problem this year than in
1: years past. Yeah, a firsthand experience. I drove my daughter and a couple of her teammates from Stillwater High School to a field in Woodbury for soccer. So I uh, I know the feeling, you know, it's just uh, you you, you have to jump in and everyone's got to – it takes a village. We're seeing that more and more with with, uh, the situation, but – you know, the good news is uh, when it's all said and done, the kids are, are getting their games in. Although some you mentioned are, are having to move to, to to different nights. We saw that uh, in the past with official shortages and the effect that it had on basketball. And, hey, well, let's not try to play every basketball game in the state on Tuesday or Thursday or Saturday. Let's, let's move yep. around a little bit. We're seeing that with football, too.
0: Yeah, you know, in football, a lot, I think Class 6A, the assignments for Class 6A football games, the assignments for officials, have asked every team to have at least one and maybe two games on non-traditional nights, Thursdays or Saturdays. So you're seeing more Thursday games. You see more Saturday games amongst the big schools. You used to see that with smaller schools. Maybe you didn't have lights or play games on Saturdays, but now you're seeing a lot of uh, the biggest schools playing on Thursdays and, and Saturdays so they, they can get enough officials to show up to those games. Uh, I know they've already, they're already looking at problems in basketball and hockey right now because both of those sports have have heavy, heavy, uh, nights in which they play Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, and Fridays, Tuesdays and Fridays in, uh, in the basketball, Thursdays and Saturdays in hockey. And everyone's eyeing up Mondays and Wednesdays that have always been uh, um, available. You've seen very slim schedules on Mondays and Wednesdays. The traditional nights of, uh, of uh, basketball and uh, hockey and other sports are trying to go by the wayside. And you're going to see more games on Mondays and Wednesdays in the winter. That is a guarantee 180 and I'm not going to name who it is even said they'd be stupid I should, he didn't use that word but that's my paraphrase they wouldn't be smart to not even take a look at possible Sundays if needed you have to look at all options I know the high school League has been loath to use Sundays as any sort of for any sort of scheduling um, and they I think it's in their basic rules that Sundays are not available however most people that have kids growing up as athletes haven't dealt with Saturday Sunday tournaments and Sundays are, have been athletic days that you deal with often before you get to the high school level. So I think that that might be uh, something you're to see coming, maybe not this year, but maybe in the future, if these issues continue to manifest themselves, that you're going to see all seven days, including a Sunday available for rescheduling games in, in a pinch. Well,
1: Sunday thing, that's certainly be, a, that's kind of like, uh... Selling alcohol on Sundays. That's been that's what it's been this way for a long time. And I don't know how that one's going to change, but I guess we'll see what the future holds. Um, In closing, we've got a variety of things we wanted to touch on. I'll start with uh, cross country. Sam Scott of Minneapolis Southwest is your current number one uh, ranked runner in class uh, three. I have to get used to saying that cross country is no longer two classes. It's three. He's the number one ranked runner in class three. A. He will be part of the field along with his uh, Southwest Lakers at the Roy Griak invitational at the U- U- university of Minnesota. That's happening on Friday. Traditionally, it's Saturday, but the Gophers have homecoming this weekend. And so uh, the, the meets will be Friday and, and the Malacca mega meet will be happening this weekend. So uh, big meets that we had not seen run in last year because of COVID are, are back. And, and that's, uh, those are, Good kind of midway points, uh, checkpoints for cross-country runners and teams. So excited to have those back.
0: Yeah, and I believe there's a big volleyball tournament this weekend at Apple Valley as well, the Aerie Challenge. Uh, has, I talked to Jeff Groves of uh, Apple Valley on, on Friday night, and he said there's 10 of the top 11 teams in class um, 4A and 3A. It's another uh, sport with an added class. are going to be at the uh, Aerie Challenge on Friday and Saturday at Apple Valley High School. So another big weekend for those sports as well. Of course, that's a big weekend for football. Every weekend in fall, big weekend for football.
1: It is, yeah. We've got, uh, you know, we've got. some Hutchinson at uh, at Becker is, is is a good one. Um, that's one of the games that we are going to pick uh, this week. Uh, we've got Maple Grove at Centennial, which I think, you know, Centennial is is only one and two, but gosh, they they were. I think they lost seven nothing, and they lost by three in week two. So, you know, they they're not too many plays away from being undefeated. And I think that's a team that gets better as the season goes along. And it I mean, demands – Mike Diggins it, knows how to, how to really get that team going. Well, they had, they had a guy take the field the other couple of years ago I was out there. He was taking the, the first guy out the tunnel or whatever he had, carrying a sledgehammer. So that, that <laughs> should give you an idea of how Centennial sees itself. You know, <laughs> they're, they're going to make you work for it.
0: Yeah, and then You know, they lose guys every year. and Now i a play. <laughs> Seniors, but the offense they run is is, uh, run heavy and and they depend on physicality. And win or lose, you're going to go into a game against Centennial and you're going to know you had a football game. You're going to come out with a two that
1: you didn't have before you went into. There's no question. Yeah. So Maple Grove might be undefeated now, but we'll see, you know, how since what since the Centennial machine has to say. And then SMB, the Wolf Pack, uh, going over to Minneapolis North. So that, that's a meeting of programs that have been very, very good in their respective classes the last few years. Generally, good athletes, uh, entertaining brand of football. So that'll be fun to watch those two teams hook up. Yeah, you know, it would it, it, be interesting. Dave. I was looking at that game. Um,
0: they have one common opponent, Ridley, which is a program that's been very good over the past few years. SMB beat them in the first week of the season. Fridley beat North in the second week of the season. If you're going strictly by common opponents, it might be a, an SMB game there. And that was fairly beat North at North in their first home game. So uh, that game will be fun to watch. You can see some really good athletes on the field. You can see Some, some uh, big plays, I think. And it's a six o'clock
1: game, so you can get there and get out of there in a reasonable hour as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say one thing in closing here, we just hit the 20 minute Mark. Uh, so there was, there was, I don't know who wrote it. I think it was our editor, Kevin Bertels in last week's pick segment that I was poised to, to run away with it because I, I was doing great. And, and Jim Paulson was, was lagging in his picks. Well, you were undefeated last week and I was one and two. So now we're only separated by a game. So, uh, uh objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. <laughs> well, I, I tell you on this week's picks, I, uh, uh,
0: went out of my way to make sure I was doing exactly the opposite of you. So we have three games, which both of us are picking the other team, and we'll see if that was a smart move <laughs> or not. I could end up right back where I was uh, <laughs> uh, if, if uh, um, it doesn't go my way. But you know what? That's always kind of fun. I kind of I like to do that and, uh, and kind of get an idea who you're going to win and who's going to win and who's not and go up against you in this. Although I, I know that some coaches, they pay more attention to it than they say they do. And I've uh, had to take some heat once in a while when I picked against the team and I had to talk to the coach after a game. But, hey, that's part of the job.
1: Yeah, it's, and it's part of what makes it all fun. They, they know exactly. we're, we're having some fun with it. And, you know, It's it's the, the fact that they're paying attention. That, that's that's wonderful. Uh, you took us in. Should I take us out? That's,
0: that's, that's, let's do it. Let's,
1: all uh, right. here. <laughs> I don't have a grand finale or anything. <laughs> Somebody has to do it. So Thanks for listening. Uh, Come check us out, starchmune.com, across the spectrum of the uh, hub websites. Uh, We're out there bringing it to you. Hope you enjoy it. We'll see you next week. Thanks a lot.